Welcome to another episode of Highly Educated, the podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Sherman. Tonight, we bring you the perspective of a local gal who grew up inside her family's dive bar, the Stephen Talk House in Amagansett, New York. Ruby Hunterkamp is keeping the spirits of tradition alive with Encore, a new canned cocktail that she's developed with her team right here at home. Using real fruit juice and real alcohol, Encore has nailed the taste and has canned your favorite classic cocktails like vodka soda cranberry, tequila soda grapefruit, and vodka soda lime. Over the years, this iconic venue has given us so many memories, and now Ruby wants this drink to be an extension of those memories and the legacy that the Talk House leaves behind. New flavors, events, and more to come in the future. We're so excited to see it. Welcome our friend, Ruby. Ruby, what's going on? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's been a, been a long time coming. I know. You've been excited. busy, obviously, doing your thing. I just, you know, wanted to give you some time to settle in and, you know, get your thing going before uh, jumping on, you know? Totally. Make sure our formulas are right and, you know. <laughs> Everything tastes good. Everything Feedback tastes is good. good. Feedback is good. It's um, on point. It's ready to go. Are we even talking? What are we even talking about here? Are we talking about Encore? Talking, talking about my little baby canned cocktail called Talk House Encore. Yeah, little baby can cocktail. My little baby can cocktail. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Baby's debut. Ruby's here to talk about her business, Encore. And I think some of you are already familiar with this product because it has been out for a, how long now? A little under a year. A little um, under a year. And yeah. it's delicious. Thank you. And it can be consumed in how many, just New York for now or is it a bunch of states? Or so what? right now we're just sticking to New York. But as of today, we are in a little over 100 locations, which is amazing. Congrats. Thank you. Amazing. Um, so that's everywhere from Montauk to Nassau County to New York City and the greater Yonkers area. So growing quickly, but sticking to kind of growing our affinity and building our footprint in the state of New York before going far and wide. Love it. You got to, you know, you got to start local. You got to start where it all starts. Absolutely. Got to keep the story genuine and, and authentic to, to the community. And as that affinity grows, we hope, we hope it will take us to a new market. Yeah. And that kind of segues perfectly into really the start of this thing and, and Ruby and just who you are and, and your story. So why don't you tell the folks listening who you are, where, where are you from? I mean, I know where you're from, but where Down the are road. you from? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was born and raised in East Hampton up on Three Mile Harbor, living back there now. Um, three Mile Media, thank three you mile very media. much. It's a great street, goes for three miles plus. Um, but grew up in East Hampton. My family has owned the Stephen Talk House in Amagansett. This is our 35th year in business. So literally born and raised in a dive bar, uh, surrounded by every imaginable vice that you could possibly imagine. I used to laugh that most of the bartenders have either rented a room or stayed in my house while growing <laughs> up. So I've been exposed to some wild antics. But yeah, so I, I grew up in East Hampton, grew up in the dive bar. And then I went to college in Boston, was living in New York for about 10 years, working in branding and advertising. Um, wanted nothing to do with the family business, wanted to chase the New York City high life. And then during the pandemic, I moved home to get away from a one by one studio, one right. foot by one foot studio and was living at home. And was working for a company that sold luggage, so nobody was traveling, so I was furloughed and had a lot oh, of time on my hands. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Don't want to work for a luggage company during a pandemic. Uh, global don't pandemic. do that, guys. Don't do that. If that's your take, <laughs> take care, it. don't. Yep, do not do <laughs> Be that. Be mindful of that. But so had a lot of time on my hands, and as did my brother. So during the pandemic, 
Um, Friday nights, we would just want to change the scenery. So we would go to the talk house and have a drink. And everybody thought it was so cool that we were like leaving our house and going somewhere new. But it was actually quite depressing. It felt like we were going to a funeral home because there was no people, no music. The soda streams were turned off and uh, we were drinking through what we had. I uh, wasn't ordering <laughs> any new inventory. So right. it really wasn't that that monumental or exciting. But um, it was a change of scenery and kind of a whole new perspective for me of this place that had brought so much energy and so define so much of who I am, seeing it completely empty and not in its true form, I, I realized like it was such a huge part of my life was now missing. So in late 2020, we didn't know we were going to be open again the following season. So we were just talking, you know, what's next for the brand? You know, there's so much brand affinity, so much brand legacy. What do we do with this brand? God forbid we can't open again next year. So we'd always kind of dabbled with talking about the idea of doing some kind of product or opening another location. There was always so many other variables on the table. So I kind of took it upon myself with my brother and Nick to raise a little bit of money to start a, a new product line. And so we landed on a canned cocktail. You know, there's a few routes you can go. There's wine. We're not known for wine. Right. There's craft beer. Montauk, Greenport, and all these other craft breweries right. do it well. Yeah. We're not, we don't even have beer on draft. We're not known for a beer. It's true. And the canned cocktail industry was kind of booming, and I have celiac, so I can't even drink beer. So what I always found when right. I went to a bar is I would order a tequila soda, and there's always a variable. Every every bar, every restaurant, everyone makes it different. Right. Every so bartender people, right. makes it different. It right. tastes so different. So the tequila is a different well tequila. It's a different pour. It's strong. It's light. The soda's flat. The soda's not flat. You get a splash of orange juice or something to make it sweeter, and it's the most highly concentrate version right. of a sugar juice so you right. feel like shit you could have one drink and be blackout you could have 10 drinks and or be blackout it's just you know you feel there's it, so many variables yeah. and there's no quality control or consistency so the idea was okay let's make the canned cocktail version of the dive bar classics that we always make my thing was phil vega always has to be able to pronounce what we're making or know how to make what we're making without the recipe so <laughs> phil vega the legend yeah so we landed on you know making a canned cocktail line and it was kind of just drinks that we already know people order at the bar and you know the plan was obviously to expand it and have it carried in other locations but yeah started this company late, launched very late last July so I would kind of consider everything to date being grassroots friends and family but this this upcoming season is kind of like our loud push and launch to see kind of what how it sticks with the market yeah to really kind of put your head out there and, and push with the big boys and see what you can do in the space totally right? totally and that's, and that's important. And for those who don't really have a backdrop here of what we're talking about, Stephen Talkhouse is a legendary establishment. We've already talked about it multiple times on this podcast. We've had EJ Shiga and we've had Max Hunter Camp, which is Ruby's brother, on to talk about the bar itself. And Max touched a little bit on Encore as well. But at the time, it, actually when his released, it was kind of just really um, yeah. coming out. So mm -hmm. that was this is perfect update for people. Now you're on over 100 accounts. You uh, just had some impressive legislation passed that we'll talk about in a little bit. Yep. And really, you've been working really hard on this, and it's, it's it shows your yep. passion. You know, shows right through. You can you can see obviously your your blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, yeah you're you're all in on this, and, and we can tell. And you know, that's it's it's well said. And just kind of pulling apart, really, personality wise, what kind of got you in this mindset? You, obviously, you're a hustle mindset. You have this ability to be doing a lot of things at once and multitasking and doing all these things. 
where did you kind of develop that from? Where was it college work? Was it like, were you, was it the last job you were in? Like what kind of molded you? Was it I think it's something my dad. growing up? I think it's my dad. I think I'm just mm. like a full product extension of who my dad is. He's always kind of had his hand in bunch of products, always loved bringing people together, making people happy, making something of making people happy. Um, you know, starting the talk house was just a way to throw an endless party. And right. when he was in high school, he was always like the president of this and had his hands involved in multiple things and always threw the parties. And I kind of feel like I just inherited a lot of his social <coughs> characteristics, characteristics yeah. and ways of bringing people together. So that just kind of stuck with me. And I, I, when I did go to New York City, I was working in, for a few startups and worked in a f- with a few CPG startups. And so I think just the act of creating something from nothing and being able to create a story around it and, and build a community around it was something I was always excited about, but I just that, never knew it was in my cards. That's, and that's really fascinating that you say it like that because I think where we get lost in this generation where people forget a lot of times – our generation is not the, you know, 30 years in a gold watch right. pension generation. We're more so switch jobs every two years. Like yeah. they told us it's good to switch jobs every two totally. years. Keep yourself competitive. Totally. Keep yourself in the market. Blah, 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 blah. Totally. You know, so we're the generation of, hey, you're in this space. You're now growing with a startup. You just watched a company grow from seedling to nothing to this to this unicorn. big thing. Yeah. And from unicorn. Right. And we've both actually done that. So yeah. it's funny to to see that it looking back on it, that's the best way you can gain perspective on businesses when Absolutely. you've seen it grown from a seedling totally. every time. So that's the best way to kind of grasp it full full on. So you, you, it's lucky that you've had that totally. experience. One I think of, that plays a lot. Like one of said. my lawyers said to me, um, where'd you go to business school? I'm like, I can't afford to go to business school. I didn't go to business school. You have to learn this on the job. And he was like, oh, wow. I was like, you have to get, when you work, no matter where you work, you have to have a you have to think creatively and you have to problem solve constantly. And that kind of acumen, you kind of only learn on the job. And I'm very grateful for the, the experiences I've had good and bad that have led me to this point, but it's definitely been um, rolling up my sleeves and getting my hands dirty. Right. You were saying we were joking before off air. We were saying that Max is the claimed intellect, but you're the claimed bullshitter. So you can, you can finagle your way (laughs) out of the box. Correct. Correct. Max can solve his way out, but you can finagle your way out. And I'll get out faster. Right. (laughs) So that's, that's a good good comparison of you two, I think. That's yeah. a very, very uh, accurate uh, comparison. I think he'll appreciate that. But that's, that's great that we can kind of pull where that comes from. And, yeah. and the drive and the ethic of just kind of pushing forward, really, you're doing so many things. I mean, you're talking 100 accounts. You've probably personally touched – I mean, you're personally touching every single one of those accounts. Mm-hmm. You're personally gaining every one of those accounts to try to – Yeah. It's a lot for one person. You know what I think I'm really lucky is that I, I have such a, a true story behind us and – because my dad built a, a venue and a place that was so invested in the community and the people, everybody kind of will see the talk house as, what, a cash cow, let's say. It. You know, there's right. a lot of foot traffic. It's really hot and busy. But my fam- I didn't grow up with money. I've been working since I was 12 years old. I've never, you know, really seen the luxury side of what people might associate the talk house with. Right. And oh, I got to pay the cover on a Saturday. <laughs> like, oh. Because that yeah, money. Yeah, dude. Because, yeah. Yeah. That money goes right back to the people. Like, we take care of our staff. Most of our staff have worked there for over 30 years, which is really hard to say in a service industry, let alone a seasonal service industry. We stay open in the wintertime, maybe when we're not making money, just so that the locals have a place to go. You know, we bring in 
and take a chance on a lot of up and coming music acts. We do a lot of nonprofit and a lot for the people in you this do. town. You host a lot of community events. You let everybody host their events there, whatever they need. Totally. Anytime. And it's just become this oasis and it's been a place where people go to celebrate. It's a place where people go to mourn. It just, it's a, it's an institution that's done so much for so many people. And I feel like that sentiment has been something that I've been able to kind of keep at the heart and become the core values of Encore. So when I'm telling the story, that's what people get most excited about because everyone kind of has their local watering hole or their local place that they know that they can go to. So that kind of sticks and clicks and they get it right away. But then on a, on a greater level, I think knowing that there is a place that exists in, in this world that cares about the people and not just the dollar. It makes a difference. And knowing that that's translating to something anew like this, because this is really just supposed to be a vehicle that takes the talk house, um, narrative to greater heights that that's what makes them excited about it that there's real people a real story and real values and not just another canned cocktail that's trying to make money or gain shelf space and we're not just another bar that's coming into the hamptons in the summer because it's going to be popular or but you can actually it's funny because you can go and i know it's like not to be directly in association it's you know this is the cocktail and this is the talk house but at the same time it's funny because there's very few places in the U.S. where you can do this, where yeah. you can go and like go into a bar, a house bar and get like their beer or their yeah. alcohol. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can get beer and wine, like you said, but it's the cocktail market's a little different. Sometimes it's highly regulated. And right. It's, it's very, it's very it's different. Hard you know, like yeah. Wolfer has their wine. They have their gin. They have a, a vineyard. Right. They have a restaurant. You have to right. do everything really a lot of regulation in place that prevents you from doing too much. But if you do things right um, and get creative, there are ways to kind of- have good lawyers. And have good lawyers. Um, (laughs) Even Cutwater, they have a distillery in California, I believe. So Mm, they have a tap room where you can drink their drinks and then they have a canned cocktail. Not to plug them, but there is other brands doing this. It's just, it's not at the root of like history and community in the way we are. You're trying, right. And and like you said, you're just at the tip of the iceberg with this thing. And it's all cyclical in this community, which comes back to community really full circle is- Helping each other out. Totally. Locals, helping locals. That's what this podcast is about. That's why I'm going to advertise local brands and communities. I'm always doing something. You know, We're always going to get this thing, and, and we've kind of lost track of this over the past few years out here. We've kind of let the legislation fall down. We've let the housing market kind of blow up. Everything's yep. been kind of a perfect storm to say locals, you know, whatever, go find somewhere else to go. Yeah. And I think that it's a good, it's a good way to bring – not just a cocktail, but I'm saying the, the talk house, like when you go in there and you see people, you know, and you see your friends and you see your family and you see your mother's friend or your cousin's this, or that's always it, a familiar face, right? And it feels good. And when you see the bartender you've seen there for 30 years, yep. that feels good. Like those moments, people are there having a good time and they're all sharing the same ideals. They're all sharing the same totally. value of like, Hey, we all wanted to come off, blow some steam. Yeah. Come in here. Even if they're not even drinking, just come in there and just have a good time. Listen to some music hang out with the vibes, a good community. You always have a good show playing. It doesn't even matter. Like even a, a night that's slow. I and mean, I even actually like the slower nights. That's exactly what I was just about to touch on. I was just going to yeah. say that the talk house offers so many, there's so many variables of the night you can have. Jimmy Fafi could get on stage. Jimmy Fallon could get on stage and sing karaoke. It's um, wild. Uh, you yeah. know, Sirius, we have a great partnership with Sirius X radio and they'll bring in, they brought in Coldplay and Mumford and Sons and Dave Matthews band. They've brought in some like, incredible talent but then you also have like such talented local artists or they hold a candle to everyone yeah and like you know we have karaoke we have industry night we have so many there's so much to expect and even the clientele can be locals it can be tourists it can be 
affluent tourist. You can be in a tuxedo. You can be in board shorts. It's all the same. It Everyone is, so is equal. It is really. It's like a New York City subway inside your. hundred percent. That is totally house. accurate. That's how I'm going to start describing it. It it's, really is. You yeah. walk inside and it's like some kid in a tank top and board shorts next to some kid in a tuxedo suit yeah. next next to a bachelorette party next yeah. to like some hippie guy wearing something next to some like big giant. You know, it's the, the unexpected always eclectic. happens. But what you always know when you go to the talk house is you're going to have a good time. And like you said, it could be a slow night. That's it why people be, pay that cover. That's why people want to come in that's totally. why people want to buy the drinks that's why people want to experience it all yeah. it's, it's part of everything. and that's what's so special it's really the place and the people it's not so much the external variables of who's playing or who's there because no matter what you're going to walk away with a talk house experience right no one's ever been like oh who's with the talk house like no you just go to talk house you just show up and you just walk in and you, something's you go. gonna happen right <laughs> you're in there you're not questioning like oh who's inside do i yeah. have to go like no just pay the money you're yeah. and walk in and you're gonna be happy when you walk out totally like that's the experience and just for everybody to plug in here for socials and stuff, like, can you plug the Encore social? Yeah. Our canned cocktail name is Talk House Encore, which I know is a little long, but it's Encore because Encore is the idea of the show must go on after a stage performance. It's Encore, Encore. Right. So Talk House Encore is the extension of Talk House. Um, but our social handles are Talk Encore at Talk Encore, T-A-L-K-E-N-C-O-R-E. It's not Talk House Encore because social is supposed to be short. Some people call our drink Talk Encore. Some people call it Talk House Encore. Some people call it Talk House. Some people call it Encore. I don't care what anyone calls it. Just drink it. Just drink it. Just drink it. It's the same way people are like, I know Steven. There's no Steven at Steven Talk House. I know Talk House. There's the bar. It's whatever you want to make it, make it, and it's yours. I honestly drink it all the time. I'm not just like promoting this for an ad. I mean, you know, if anybody knows me, they see me drinking it in person so it's a very easy thing to catch me drinking and i love you for that yeah it's it's a very easy thing to drink it's amazing i personally we're drinking on the grapefruit tequila soda right now but the blood orange one is great too that's a that's a good really good one if you like a little sweeter with a little bit bolder flavor a little yeah. bit more bold but it's really good it's like an adult uh very unique. orangina i say adult tang but yeah same adult thing tang. <laughs> same thing yeah basically yeah. We worked with a, an incredible mixologist uh, slash scientist slash mad scientist to create these formulas. Those are the formulas. best people. You need the mad scientist. Oh, yeah. He's he's amazing. And just as like a, a semi-plug, we do have new flavors coming out. It's just... Oh, do you? Eventually. Well, I didn't even know that. We have a lot under our belt that we're ready to release. Like it's said, just... right open that door. You just it, just, it just takes time and steps. it's cost. So once we have this summer under our belt, I'm hoping TBD, if it's in August, September, or October... But TBD, the cash position we're in, we will have an Amagansett Mule coming out, which is insane. That would be really cool. Yeah. Amagansett Mule. I like that. Not That's... to be confused with Moscow Mule because it's an Amagansett Mule. We yes. keep it local. It's an Amagansett Mule, okay? Are TBD. the cans going to be copper? You know, expensive. <laughs> oh, my God. You would go bankrupt on the cans. Yes. They will not be copper. But anyways, we worked <laughs> with a mixologist and we we worked really tirelessly to get these formulas right because we didn't want... It just to be a sellout. We didn't want to just take the talk house name and put it on a canned cocktail. We didn't use malt. We wanted it to be spirit based. Yeah, can you explain? Like, I know, like, you're talking about it now, but like, can you, like, really explain, like, when people think, oh, I can just, like, make a cocktail and, like, oh, do, like, no, there is so much involved with this. There's so much involved. And so much regulatory boards and things and agencies and even just just the sales process. Like, so beer 
it, it's state by state. It's, so there's obviously it's federally regulated, but then also each state has its own laws in place. So, you know, in California, you can buy spirits and wines in a grocery store. Right. In New York state, you can only buy beer and malt products in, you know, a bodega or a gas station or a 7-Eleven or a grocery store. Certain <clears throat> bars and restaurants will have just a beer and wine license. So you can't serve liquor. And then there's liquor stores that can serve liquor and wine, but can't serve beer. And then bars and restaurants that want to sell liquor need to have a liquor, beer, and wine license. So, But Ruby, if a Bud Light has the same alcohol content as your Talk House Encore, why can't I get that from a bodega? I ask myself the same thing every day. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's crazy. It should, it, in my opinion, it should be taxed based on percentage of alcohol because a bodega can sell an 8% Bud Light, but they can't sell a 5% Talk House Encore drink. And what's even crazier um. is... Because I'm spirit-based, we're vodka and tequila-based, not malt, because there's malt, which is kind of a white beer claw. extension, a white claw, white truly. Claw, right. We're spirit-based, so I'm actually taxed in the same bracket as like a bottle of Tito's or a big spirit. I'm not taxed mm-hmm. like a, a beer or, or a, a malt-based. Which is wild to think about. Yeah. So there's also there's a lot of lobbyists in, that are working to try to you know, overturn and, and make changes to the current legislative bills, but a lot of these bigger beer companies are like trying to push them out, so... Hopefully, there'll be progress over time, but definitely something that's of priority. But in the meantime, just trying to get in more bars. Why don't you uh, share your news for everybody? Yeah, so um, TBD when this podcast comes out, but I have been acting like Aaron Brockovich and trying to pass my own bill in New York State. So as of, <laughs> so as of today, up. literally as I walked in here, the Senate had passed it, and then as Ryan pressed record, the Assembly passed it, which are the two houses in New York State. No correlation. I didn't do it myself. I promise. <laughs> it was the the Lucky Springs uh, Springs vibes. So now we just need the governor to sign the bill, and if she signs it, then we passed a bill in New York State. But the bill exempts the Talk House and Talk House Encore from the Tide House laws, which is just archaic way of having to talk about distribution in the liquor industry, but... When you have a brand, you can't have an interest in retail and wholesale liquor licenses. So I had to give all my equity in the bar to my brother to create a new uh, liquor license for Encore as a wholesaler. So I can't sell directly to the talk house. And that's I, a scary moment. Even oh, if it's yeah. your own brother, that's still yeah. a scary moment. I was like, look, we don't have to put this in writing, but if you get married, we need to have a serious sit-down conversation. <laughs> so let's hope I pass this bill before you meet somebody. <laughs> But yeah, so it's two separate businesses. We have a distributor between us. It functions as like a completely otherwise product we would carry. But this bill would allow for us to operate more fluidly. We would still have to go through a distributor and, and abide right, by that. Right, do the right channels. Yeah, you always but have to. But just in terms of communication, being able to say Talk House now has its own line of cocktails rather than Talk House, these drinks are inspired by the Talk House. And it's just t- part of the conversation. Verbiage that and little things. Yeah. It's just the little things. Like you, it's the Wild West out there, but you want to make sure you're always dotting your I's and crossing your T's and being as uh, compliant as possible. So we just wanted to take that extra step to make sure everything we were doing was by the book and, and really responsible. So you have to. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the one thing I lost the most sleep over, but here we are. Let's <coughs> hope the, the governor signs that bill, and by I the time this will. is out, maybe we'll have a, a bill in uh, in place. Good. I hope so. And, and Local politics is important. It's something I've just learned, and I highly <laughs> recommend getting involved if you can. Yes. Yeah, we should, and I tell people that all the time. They, they try to distract us, and not to get political, but they try to distract us all the time with these big elections like they actually, you know, the things that affect your life on a day-to-day basis are right in your local community, and people Absolutely. don't even pay attention. 
Wake up, people. Absolutely. Open up that local paper that you hate to read that's getting all dusty. Open that thing up and start reading about people complaining about stuff because that's yeah. how stuff changes in a town on a regular basis. So yeah, it's it, your, voice, your voice is important. Yeah. Enough people want to change something, it'll get done. I guarantee you that. That's one, one thing I can say about local government is, you know, whatever as it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'd say that's a good segue into really kind of localism in the bar industry in general because I want to talk about that in, yeah. in a general sense, not to just uh, engage from Encore. I mean, it's all the same. I mean, it's but, not, but it is. <laughs> right. It, it's interesting to see the shift, right? Because we go from this, and I, we talk about it before on the podcast mm-hmm. with other guests, but you see the shift go from, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago to this regular fishermen coming out on the weekends and firemen from Nassau County and like, you know, more mellow people. And now it's starting to be like share homes and share houses and uh, capital hedge fund kids yep. and all these big money and all this stuff coming out here. And, it, and it, it, we lost control, I think, for a couple of years. There was like a two-year gap where we were like, holy crap, this town is incredible. Like, what is happening? Like, people are throwing up in the Main Street in the middle. Of, like, is this Mardi Gras? Like, it was a frat party. Right. And then, they, and then it cooled down. They, like, cracked down on share houses. Everything changed. But I'd say the bar industry really erupted during those times and became another, like, a whole other animal. Totally. And, and I think it never really left. And now there's left with this party scene. But obviously, COVID did all this stuff and everything. But now that we're segueing out of COVID, how do you feel like the industry as a whole has changed and how do you stay relevant in yeah. this space and, and keep yourselves like, you know, you, you get different acts, you get different things, but how do you, even with the cocktail, like how do you, like you're saying you have yeah. new flavors, you have new things. How is that all relevant? Like in the community too? So pulling back, I think the, the larger trend that I'm even seeing with new bars and restaurants is that they change, they fluctuate so much. So they're not really there for discovery. So actually a lot of bars and restaurants don't necessarily want to take a new product in because people are coming there to get their Bud Light, their standard drink. They're not going there for discovery Uh, and new experiences or uh, they're going to see a performance and they're leaving. So there's a bunch of music venues in New York that want to carry us, but they're like, if they're not going to order it, we're not going to be able to pitch it because we're here just to serve. We're not really here for discovery. So you're losing a lot of that culture charm and people are just moving on to the next thing. And it's so almost like ADD. And so that's what I'm seeing from this side of it as we're trying to start something new in, in, in these spaces. I think the one thing the talk house has been so great about is that the people have kind of stayed the same. So both the people that work there and then the locals that come and visit, it's somebody's son and daughter and sister and cousin. There's always a connection. And this is yeah. such a small town that we've been really lucky to build these long-lasting relationships that even in a sea of change and a sea of new customers and these transient people that come just for the Saturday night of Memorial Day weekend, we can cater to them, but we can also cater to these real relationships. So I think it's both music, I think it's both conversation, I think it's both supporting the community and and new initiatives and just being this like, it's a familiar place in a place of constant change. Um, It's the big C word, you're providing consistency. Correct. In all aspects, in the bar aspect, in the cocktail aspect, in the way that it's all formulated, in the story of it, you want... To build a consistency, you want people to drink Encore in 20, 30 years, just like they drink a Michelob Ultra or a something. It's You're building your brand. You're building your story. You're building everything. The difference is your story is not a bunch of fake Clydesdales and stupid, like, hokey stuff. Your story is real, authentic, from real people, handcrafted. It's the spirit of a place. It's, yeah. Like the blood, sweat, sweat and, and tears, tears <laughs> went into that bar. Yeah. You know how much sweat was built into that wooden bar that yeah. got laminated? There's probably a million sweat drops in that bar laminated in. Trillion. Trillions. Yeah. I think millions. Trillions and trillions. Yeah. But Holy yeah, cow. and then, you know, there are, you know, a bunch, I mean, you see it not even just in the bar industry, but businesses out here. You know, everyone kind of, right. kind of comes to the Hamptons seeing 
cash cow, okay. Turnover, turnover, turnover. No one knows how to relate. Because nobody knows how to build a relationship and they don't realize how hard it is to staff. They don't realize how hard it is to work Monday through Friday, not just Friday through Saturday or Sunday. And so we've been really lucky. And I think the longevity of our business is like entirely in thanks to the community and just building that relationship. And I think that that's what's translating into this new venture, which is allowing for us to like even be a part of the conversation. Because when you go into a place, everyone says, oh, another canned cocktail. What makes you better? And I'm like, taste, story. And they're like, okay. And that's how you get the meeting. Like actually drink it too. And yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be a snob. Like, yeah, I drink high noons too. They're yeah, good. They're delicious. Cool. And they were like the pioneers in the space too. Right. And and if, and like, but if I'm sitting there as a local and I'm sitting there in a bar and they have Talk House Encore or they have High Noon, I, there's no way I'm drinking a High Noon. I'm from the community. I'm right. going to pick right. the beverage of the community. And, and it, it, it is better tasting. I'm sorry, Dave Portnoy, but it is better tasting than High Noon. Thank I'm going to stand by that every time. But it's just... You're going to get that in a community. And I think that will be Long Island. I think Long Island will be be Encore territory. I think Portnoy needs to take it up north back to uh, Cape Cod because I think this is Encore territory now. (laughs) You're captain now. (laughs) And and all these things totally relate into the actual full bigger picture of just like the growth of the business and the growth of Encore and, and what you're doing, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of big, ambitious dreams of what the potential of the brand can be. I think the one thing we have to be really mindful of is we won't be for everyone, but we can be a platform that's accessible and everyone has a seat at the table and can enjoy us, but they might not want to. And and that's okay. That's totally okay. The most important thing is that we are a point of accessibility, both in our experiences and our, what we offer and both the taste and the, the product itself. So pipeline dream is that how new flavors too will come new flavors and then they'll, and then you will get that other person that was like oh i don't really like grapefruit but i do like this. or rum or whiskey or right, other, or other fl- yeah other right. cocktails i mean we have a vodka and tequila option tequila our tequila drinks move 10 times faster than our vodka drinks but hmm, there's a lot of vodka drinkers now why do you think that is tequila is the hottest word in the market right now that's just Everybody what it is tequila 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 do you blame george clooney who did that <laughs> definitely george clooney it was all george clooney it was it was you know marketing and advertising and just being a part of the conversation in a more social way but there's still a lot of vodka drinkers and a vodka soda cranberry to me is the most classic dive bar drink ever it's probably the first thing i ever drank uh it's it was accessible to me so even it's the first drink everybody drinks is like, oh, it's got a little cranberry in it. I can do it. Yeah. I can taste it. And so know? for me, it was just like Chris Carney, who's a legend. legend to this community. His Shout first thing Chris. was like, you have to make a vodka soda cranberry. Like that is a classic talk house drink. And it might not be our fastest selling drink, but it's an, uh, an extension of our brand. So yeah. you need the staple. Yep. Everybody needs the little staple in there to, to keep the whole thing going. Yep. And so ideally one day we'll have a rum, we'll have a whiskey, we'll build, you can build your dive bar with us basically. But we are, right now we just have a vodka and tequila option, but we have both because it was important to make something that could, you know, start by talking to a few consumers. And, and this whole thing, obviously tying into a broader picture, painting it here is talking about events, sponsored yeah. events and things like that. This is a whole nother world. We were just talking about it. I mean, yeah. You're, festivals and things like that that's a whole nother avenue a whole nother revenue stream i want this drink to be a vehicle for bringing people together in a greater way we would love to be a part of festivals even if it's just like creating the stage or having a stage for up-and-coming musicians where we help curate the lineup or we have a talk house encore festival or how red bull is to extreme athletes maybe we are to musicians and we sponsor tours i want this drink to be more of a vehicle than an actual physical product right 
And that makes that makes perfect sense. And I would say that's there. Why have we not seen this from like other famous music venues around the country? Why doesn't Madison Square Garden have their own liquor? Why doesn't you know? Wh- it's all regulation. What is it? Is it it's, all? It's that? all regulation. You've had to fight and claw your way to make this a dream, and and that's just what it is. Right? Yeah, I've lost a lot of sleep. Yeah, but it's paying off. You're in the your snowball so is rolling. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's slowly building. I think that once the musicianship of it really takes fold takes fold and people really understand the integrity behind the music and what you guys are doing and Mm -hmm. the whole thing in general i think it's just and once people come obsessed with the flavors it is thing out here where you roll and not for nothing i'm gonna drop this fun fact on everybody casamigos only got hot because it was the drink of the summer in the hamptons on that one summer when he first came out that everything was highly promoted out there and that's when that drink got super hot because everybody wanted it because it was the drink everybody was drinking in the summer in the hamptons thing Drinks blow up out here because yeah. people just, it's the market. People want that silly VH1 style. It's so interesting because when people that aren't from here come here, they're like, oh my God, you guys need this. You guys need that. Like, yeah, man, we know. We've been living here our whole lives with none of that and none of this. Yeah, You've from Manhattan or you're from this, like where you have this amazing reach of like all these different things you can do at any time. We didn't have that. Like growing up, you went to Puff and Putt to play like mini golf it's or you a went to different world something. from when we grew up. Right. And and now it's even different. Yeah. And what I'm saying is like you don't even have that thing anymore. There's no like little mom and poppy things. Maybe yeah. in Sag Harbor, there's a couple of them. Yeah. And again, so there's some like boutique stores, but they're not like mom and pop, like the OG right. stores that were right. here. So there's not a lot of like real remaining places. And I think just your establishment, just that it's there. When people drive by, you see it. You you get it's a nostalgic. smile. You're like, yeah. oh, I was there last week. Or, oh, I remember this time I was there. Oh, Shaggy was great there last summer. Oh, this person was that. Oh, Billy Joel said this to me there. Like, yeah. it's just such a memorable place that it just brings back that thing. And I think that you're you're nostalgically going to make this drink just like that. Correct. It's going to create a nostalgia of consistency of, right. oh, when I drive by, oh, when I bring this to the beach, I feel like I'm at Talk House on a Saturday. Like, it's, I just feel the vibe of it. You know, I feel good. This is my dad's line, so I'll give him credit, but it's, you take the talk home, and if you like the way it played, you'll be back for an encore. Ooh, that's smooth, Peter. Well played. Peter, a man of many words. That was Sometimes too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes way too many. <laughs> but, you know, that's parents. Mm-hmm. Gotta love them. They're good folk. Yep. Yep. I'm definitely blessed. Yeah. Your parents are great people. Shout out to the piece of art hanging on the wall behind me. A little Marcy Hunterkamp original. A little Marcy Hunterkamp special for sure. She's yeah. been a legend through all this. Housing me, doing my bookkeeping. Definitely a huge shout out to the my super, mom. super bookkeeper. She is the super bookkeeper. So detail oriented. She helps me deliver product. She helps give me flavor feedback. Um, she is an absolute OG in this process and, 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 a, and a, a secret weapon of mine. She is the secret weapon. She's the secret, secret weapon. She is an absolute course. secret weapon. <laughs> She's a secret weapon of many businesses. Yeah. Okay, guys? She's on it. She's a full shout ninja. Shout out to Marcy. I feel like we're talking about legalities and all these yeah. things. Just to segue into it, sorry to switch gears, but no, it's fine. talking about open container laws, mm-hmm. I wanted to bring this up because I was just curious about your thoughts as somebody who's about to come out you know, with all these different yeah. variations of things and, and come out with these. Is it in different cities and stuff? Are you? Is it going to be weird seeing like, oh, you come out in a city where maybe there's open container and then there's and you're, there's not here and what's the difference between that? Do you like support that kind of movement where there should be an open container law out here? Do you think it would be needed? Well, you know, there's would the it help t- your business if there was one? Well, you know, there's the to-go drinks now, where if you buy a substantial amount of food, you can out take liquor home. So if you're ordering 
you know, food from a certain restaurant, you can get a talk house encore to go or a margarita oh, to go right. as they well. They still have that in the pandemic, the, like the thing that they started then? They just repassed it, but okay. it now can't just be like a bag of pretzels. You have to get like a, a meal. So yeah, they call them Cuomo chips, right? I yeah, so that. now you yeah. need like an actual meal with the drink. So you can drink it on the beach, you can enjoy it in the comfort of your home, whatever. But I think responsibility is something that's really important. You have to... Drinking and driving, obviously, absolute no-go. My dad's brother, actually, when he was younger, passed away from a drunk driving accident. So I'm, like, just sensitive to right. being responsible about it. Right. I think open containers is one thing to just for the fluidity of social experiences. But responsibility and thinking of others and younger the younger generation, for sure. you just have to be smart. So I think if, if people could be smart and you could be responsible and that could be a constant, then I would be really excited about it. Of course, it would help my business because people partying in any environment will help our drink move at a faster rate. But um, being responsible is of the utmost priority. Yeah, and and I could I couldn't agree more too because we don't just want to open up that venue that can of worms and all of a sudden everybody's just crashing people's houses, people getting ran over. You know that's not what I'm saying. I don't I'm think the, people are as smart as we want them to be. And and I think that's where really kind of where we're getting at is that's why I wanted to bring up the dialogue because people have said it all the time. Oh, why don't we have open container here? You can go to like Fredericksburg or you can go to all these nice places across the United States yeah. that are affluent that are nicer and you can have a beer on the sidewalk and people yeah. drink responsibly. But I don't think the Hamptons kind of has that responsibility with. I think the Hamptons has the potential, but I think they a lot the of people They'll that have to come be very in, regulated. Yeah, I think smart about it. I like think you said. I think being on the beach, um, I think the towns change a lot, so you can drink on the beach and sure. like the main beach Tuesday nights, you can enjoy. That's drinks a really there, cool thing, and I really awesome, appreciate that. And I love that, and yeah. I think that's great. I think shout out to the Sea Camp family with that whole main um, beach, the yeah, main beach hut, and and Nick Krause has been Nick like Krause a huge, doing the music yeah, lineups, the programming, and, and the way so he's cool. integrated the. I mean, and he's a huge part of this as well, like yeah, just bringing people to together. But I think it's important if also people clean up after themselves. Like we don't want extra containers on the beach. Like we don't want it to get messy. So I think if recycle people are smart cans. about it, recycle your cans. Our cans say recycle forever. It's important just to be responsible about what you're doing. And so if people are responsible, they're cleaning up after themselves and they're thinking about other people, then I'm all in. But unfortunately, I don't think that's always the case. So I'm yeah. just a little skeptical. Right. And, and that's fair. Yeah. I mean... But in terms of that, so expanding into other avenues, we were talking about events. We were talking about maybe being in that space, having like event tent pop-ups and things, being yep. the drink of Madison Square Garden, being the drink of this and that. Dream. Like, like yeah, is that are there all those things in in the in the out in the pipeline in the potential or? They are absolute dreams and definitely on our vision board. <laughs> I think it's just yeah. What's about, on the vision board, really? Uh, That's kind of the question I should have asked. Damn, that was I great. definitely want to be the drink of Madison Square Garden. I want to be on airlines. I want to be in every mini bar. I want rock and roll. If uh, I could get this on an airplane, that would just I I, be hate, epic. Fl- I hate flying. I hate oh, flying more than anybody. Epic. I would get on an airplane. I've seen White Claws and High Noons on airplanes. If I could sneak these onto an airplane. Yeah, I would totally do it. I actually uh brought a box of these oh, in uh, as no. a checked carry-on to Miami for a friend's birthday or, or wedding so that they we could enjoy they them. They didn't break, guys. They That's didn't break. Free advertising right there for the quality of the can. <laughs> it didn't even puncture. But we also ship. We ship to 32 states, so you can just order online and ship directly, but this was at a time when we didn't ship. so I Guys, should... I'm sorry. We fell off here. We didn't even explain that. You can <laughs> ship this to one of your states. Yeah, so we're only available for purchase IRL in New York State, but... You can order online and have it shipped to I think about thirty two states in the U S. Wow! And have you has that seen a little bit like friends, supporters, people in other states being like, "Oh, I'll grab some for this party," or "Oh, I'll do seeing a little bit uptick or a little." 
yeah. I, I sometimes will see my college roommate, like her name will come in my inbox, just bought a case and it's so sweet and so nice. But I think a lot of people also talk more than they always necessarily do. But everyone's busy. Everyone has a lot going on. I right. hope that it will pick up. And I think maybe after the summer it will pick up and a way to take a piece of the Hamptons home with you beyond New York. But uh, definitely the IRL stuff is what's moving the well, business forward. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of like what this podcast is kind of growing into. It's, you know, oh, Ryan, yeah, can you have guests from all over the place? Yeah, but I wanted to start off locally and really totally. kind of have this, this is my launch pad, you know, this is my community, these are my people, this is, this is who we are. We want to bring the voice together and launch together into the next thing. And then I can, you know, bring on different guests from all over the place and all these different voices and things. But, you know, it starts at the community level and it starts uplifting those voices and people and you build the brand affinity you build right. the, the relationships and that's what's going to be that sets you apart and sets you up for success how difficult is it to sell this product to new locations obviously you're the forefront of selling this thing you're the voice you're the person that's convincing people to buy it you're selling the story every day yeah how, it's, it's incredibly difficult because do you have a different respect for like liquor reps now that you i have you've such seen a it? you know it's it's so difficult and irregardless of if you're genuine or if you're just another liquor rep you're all kind of categorized in the same category of right. a liquor rep so you're trying to sell me you're something. bothering me so even if i'm genuine and trying to do something that's going to set the business up for success i'm still categorized as you're over there so it's really difficult. I think I've been so lucky and fortunate to have the community out here be so supportive of, of course, we're going to carry you. You're a local brand. And so that's what's been a huge driver because now we have that footprint and we can say we have a brand affinity in the Hamptons. They're also True. in Manhattan. They come to Manhattan. and then, That helps too, boost uh, the brand. Absolutely. And a lot of our customers at the Talk House are going to their local liquor stores in Manhattan saying, can you please carry this? I like to drink this. And so that's what's made it a lot easier but it's a complete challenge trying to open up a new account that is not familiar with the talk house a b there's a million rtd products why would they carry us and c there's other brands that are paying kind of pay to play and they have bigger budgets and a bigger a bigger reputation so they can kind of they have their leg up in a lot most of the industry so being a young brand is really really difficult but all i can say is chipping away at it and building relationships Mm -hmm. and Having the conversation, it's a a, a complete grind. You have to be the social aspect, which I think is important for your case to talk about because really, I don't think you could do what you're doing if you didn't have the gift of gab. And and I have a few sales guys that work for us and they have a whole network. So it's really, the only way to be successful is having your own network. And so my sales guys have a network in Nassau. They have a network in Astoria. They have a network in Brooklyn. And within, within their network, they can build the new talk house story. So I can't carry it. We can't carry it on our own. We need... Uh, other communities to kind of get behind us and hear us out from all all angles. Now, just to kind of bring this up in a random sense, was it ever a thought or idea of it can be encore by whatever music venue? And so it doesn't it, have to be Talk House? Can it be like if the Paramount wanted to be like, hey, encore by the Paramount? So there's been so many extensions. We've always said, is it Talk House presents uh, a famous musician and it's their take on Talk House and it's their favorite cocktail? Is it yeah, the Paramount Until presents Jimmy Encore. Buffett shows up with an axe to your door, being exactly. like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> he he did a great job with Margaritaville, <laughs> but it, it it has total potential to be a franchise. I think there are so many ways in which we can build this business. You know, we could also have a non-alcoholic version called Talk House Acoustic, or a double alcohol version, eight percent, where it's Talk House Amped. There's so many variables in which this business can grow. Genius. Those are both very uh, smart. Again, shout out to my brother. He is a very thoughtful, okay, creative Max. in that way. Wow. But Good ideas. 
you got to start somewhere. And if you have too many legs in too many different categories and things, you're going to be everything to no one. So we kind of decided to be strategic about how we build this brand and what we do. So right now it's Talk House Encore and we have four great cocktails and we're going to build this lineup and build the affinity for this product before we do anything uh, larger and greater with it. Bam. And that's exactly what you want to hear as somebody that's it's hard. It's hard not to get distracted. And everybody has a thought. Everybody has really thoughtful thoughts and suggestions. And there's a lot we want to do with it. But if you go too far and wide too quick, you're you're nothing. Yeah. The possibilities are endless with this thing. Like we yeah. said in the beginning, that's that's what this whole thing is about is you're just mm-hmm. opening this door for the first time. And now this is this huge opportunity to just go into all sorts of things. And even at the end of the day, even if it was just a local drink, I'd be happy. I'm so proud of the, what right. the talk house is and being able to have a, an extension of the brand beyond the bar. So for me, it would be a success even if we were just a successful business yeah. out here. I don't care if I can't get some like local distilled liquor company or something. Like I'm not mad that I can't get it in California, but it's it's a treat. It's a treat when it's here. It's like totally. having Wolf or Rosé or something when totally. you're in and they're Long growing, Island. They're it's growing like they're, crazy too. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. maybe you can get their canned stuff in a cocktail somewhere in, 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 uh, in not, or canned uh, wine somewhere in California maybe. But it's not – It's not the same. Like, uh, yeah, it's not like going to Long Island and getting it. It just all goes back to like what we were saying. It's, it's all about the experience. And when you have the experience, whether you're tasting it in the can and it's reliving it in your own head when you take a sip of it, right – that's like what everybody's favorite drink does or favorite yep. thing does. Transports you. It, right. It transports you. So it's like you're, this is your little secret destination. It's like your, how Corona has the getaway ads. It's like, but that's what it is. You're, you're, you're leaving to this new thing. Now you remember when you went to that concert with your, you know, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your, your parents, your whatever yep. it was. And you had this moment. Now you're drinking this like fun cocktail. That's classic. It's not. It's totally. not overbearing. It's not this like crazy flavored thing. It's not trying to be all these different things. It's just, nope, here's your simple staple. And that's, people aren't doing this. They're not making a simple staple. They're just making all these crazy things. And it's, you know, people want simple. Yeah. And premium and quality. And quality. Right. And yeah. and, and now more than ever. Yeah. Because now when you're in this age of everything, there's too many choices. As a consumer. As a consumer, it's next, you're getting it's attacked. It's next impossible. It's yep. attacking. It's, it's yep. ridiculous. Well, so I think a lot of these bright, going back to really quick, the Corona thing, which is funny that you brought yeah, them up. Yeah, my, my creative director that I used to work with before I, I started this said to me, Corona has find your beach. They own that. What's on course thing? And that's where that line came from earlier of you're going to take the talk home. And if the, you like the way it played, you'll be back for an encore. But we're going to own the dance floor. We're going to own the music. We're going to make this drink a, a, a stage for musicians and a dance floor for all. Yeah. And so that's kind of like our sentiment. But as a consumer, there's so many alternatives. White Claw, Truly, they were all the alternative to beer. And then all these seltzers started coming out. And it was the 100-calorie health conscious because they thought that that's what consumers wanted. Then there was right. a light beer. And then High Noon was this pioneer of like creating a canned cocktail but with vodka. And so now there's everyone's mother, grandmother. I don't know if you saw the SNL skit of the canned cocktails and hard seltzers. It's true. There's so many and it's really difficult to get shelf space. And the only way to really get people to buy in is liquid to lips. So it's events, it's tastings, it's weddings, it's places where you do go for discovery. 
you taste it, you fall in love, and then that's when you go back for a repeat purchase. Right. And we were talking about this in a marketing standpoint. So like we didn't even really touch about what your actual background is, but you're very yeah. knowledgeable in these fields. It's not like you just woke up and now you know these things. Like, no, you, you spent years developing your craft in another industry. And really that's what got you to kind of know all these in-depth things that you have now, the knowledge you have about this. I mean, that's, I mean. Yes, I correct. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so taking that knowledge, how important, I guess, then would you say would it be for somebody who wants to start their own business? Is it smart to work for another company first and really get the cogs and gears out? Or is it, especially in this industry, I guess, this I is mean, a difficult one to kind of pop you into. You know, I had no experience in alcohol or food and bev necessarily. I had experience like on the outside part, because I, I was an assistant to Carly Kloss, and she had the opportunity to invest in a few companies, so I had exposure to it, but I think it's just surrounding yourself with really smart people, and I was really fortunate yeah. in my previous experiences to have great mentors and be working with really smart, curious people that then got me to think differently, so it's not necessarily the marketing background or the business knowledge as much as it is working with people that solve problems creatively that make you think differently, because Right now, I run into problems every single day, but instead of just being frustrated by problems, you think creatively through them, and then yeah. you come out of it with something anew that's even greater. I ex uh, yeah, I, get, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy, and, it's, and you'd be surprised how many great, smart, talented business owners, driven people, et cetera, get blocks with creativity. Yeah. You want to talk about writer's block? Yeah. yeah. Owning a business, having business owner block, not even be able to like know what your function is while still trying to retain revenue. It's insanity. Owning a business is a complete roller coaster. The highest highs are so high and the lowest lows are so low, but the highs outweigh the lows, even if there's a hundred lows and one high. It feels mm. so good when you've achieved something, but at the it's end true. of the day, it's constant problem solving day in and day out. But when yeah. you're problem solving something for yourself, Rather than problem solving something with a recommendation to your boss that may or may not approve it, your self worth is in a very different place. So having the confidence Ooh, yeah, and not interesting point. And, and not the anxiety or stress that my boss might be mad at me more than am I solving this problem, being able to take that that layer out and just be constantly solving problems has made me so much more productive. Wow, and that's a very intricate way to say that, and it's very very thought out because I think that's the way that people really need to hear that because yeah. that, that, that's true. It, it really is in that sense. We get a, deterred a lot by yeah. peer pressure, by peer groups, by things in our in our path that are constant obstacles of, hey, oh, that's this or this idea is silly or, oh, you can't do that. How many times do we get shut down by like just regular, in, in like a joking way even, like maybe yeah. they'll shut you down in a joke or this yeah. or that. All these things are relative to your, someone's psyche Absolutely. and personality. Absolutely. And, you know, you're chipping away at somebody's confidence. But So when your buddy comes up to you and says, oh, I got this thing for that, like, you know, keep it with a grain of salt. Be like, hey, man, that's good for you. Good. Thanks for, like, yeah. good for being creative. Like, good. Yeah. My favorite part of the day is when somebody comes up to me and they're like, man, I listened to the podcast. And like, dude, I, I've just, I've wanted to get a little bit more creative lately. I've been wanting to do that. I'm like, man, that is why I'm doing this. Yeah. I want to literally just inspire people with other people's things not even my own like it's not about me yeah it's like yeah cool i can create a conversation i can get some good flow going but like and i've done some interesting shit yeah but I, it's about the guests it's about like bringing on people's stories mm -hmm. and opening people up to like hey we can all i felt this way too all i can relate to what that is and that's all part of this it's the story it's we're all building the story you're building it's the conversation brand. It's your own it's brand. learning yeah it's conversation and i think you you it's more applicable to listen and learn and apply and 
it's not a, it's not rocket science and you don't learn everything by the book. It's, it's all, all through conversation. Solving. Yeah, it's it's really it really is all just about problem solving. Like you said, that's business owner. You're every day yeah. you're just waking up problem solving. Yeah. You're putting out fires left and right. You're like a yeah. manager at any other establishment. You're and no is not an answer. You just have to find a way to make a decision. It might not be the decision you wanted from the beginning, but you're gonna have to make a decision and it's just it is what it is and you have to keep the flow going. Yeah. I mean and people say all the time, like, oh, what do you Oh, you, I can't just open a business. I don't have this. I don't have that. Let me tell you, man, you can open a business this day and age pretty, pretty successfully by yourself. I do my own taxes. I'm not good at them, yeah. but, but I, I do them and they're correct. You got to start accurate. somewhere. You got to It takes somewhere. me a long time, but you know, it, sometimes it takes that personal struggle or yeah. like, Hey, I don't know how to do this thing. All right, let's Google it. Let's figure it out. Let's go to roots. Let's yeah. go to YouTube. Let's figure it out. Let's try to ask professionals. Let's try to ask people in the field. Let's ask experts, gain information. Like when you come to a problem, you're not just sitting there with your problem. You're going to try to find the source of information that's going to help you dig yourself out of that problem, whether it be your mother or your Google or your friend or your very knowledgeable Siri. partner or your whoever it is. Yeah. Siri, right? <laughs> right. It's like you you, you troubleshoot Siri, with whoever it is. how do I file my taxes? Yeah, how do I file? <laughs> phone a friend on who wants to be a millionaire. Like that that shit is true. Like yeah. you really, we come in these situations and we, we find, we dig and scratch out. And I think the fighters, the people who really make it out are the ones that problem solve. Like you said, right. they creatively find their way out of the box. You're not going to move mountains instantly. You no. have to start somewhere. And I think the, the key to being success is do you have the hustle? Are you willing to go that extra mile? And if the answer is yes, then open up an LLC or start somewhere. You're not going to have a <clears throat> successful business overnight. You know, we're not cash positive. We still have to raise money and we still have a lot more to do. Yeah. Looks can be deceiving. You might think this is a successful business, but it's day in and day out. Like we continuously said, blood, yeah. sweat, and tears. So it's all hustle. if you have the hustle and you have the momentum, really anything's possible. And then I think the most important thing is to be a good listener and to listen, learn, and absorb. Because if you surround yourself with either too many yes men or, uh, you know, too much ego, you're not going to be successful. I think you have Huge. to be, you just nailed it. Yeah, yeah. You have to be really adaptive and like you have to surround yourself with smart people to learn and evolve and make shit together. Cause if ego gets in the way, you're, you're, it's a lost you're gonna cause. You're bury yourself. Yeah. Correct. And, and listening is so important because, and I, and I, I think it's, uh, I forgot who was saying this, but listening is just so important because you've had a chance to hear the advantage of everybody in the room. You're playing chess and everybody just showed you their move. Yep. You now have the advantage to make a move based upon all the other moves you've just heard. You have the advantage in a conversation when you just sit and you listen. Yep. You can then apply yourself in a more intelligent way yep. now that you have an, a slight advantage over whatever else was just said in that conversation because now you can take in what everybody's saying and articulate your thoughts on top. And usually if you're the person that listens the best, you're the one that's going to have the most things to say or have the most feedback because you're involved. You're interested. You've heard it. You've yeah. heard all seven points. All, now yeah. you can speak you on how you 360 feel. 360 point of view. It really is all relevant back yeah. to that. I mean, and, the, and I struggle with this a lot. So for those out there thinking, oh, I have it down. Oh, I, I listen to people all the time on this podcast. It is a constant struggle of my ego and my bullshit to not like cut people off when I'm talking. And I do it all the time. I do it to everybody in my life and I feel horrible. Like I cut people off constantly in conversation. I listen horribly. And that's the, I'm glad that I've started this podcast because it's allowed me to listen and just sit back and really retain and understand how important that is in a conversation to just take a step back, man. Like stop walking all over everybody in the car, yeah. just breathe and Take in what they're saying, adapt, see what they're talking about, hear them. 
yep. a lot of the time we'll listen. We're not actually listening. We're not turning it on. And it's if you're like a taking bus- turns. Right. Precisely. And if you're a business owner, but you actually listen, you're listening to your consumers, you know, your ear does to the ground and you're listening to your vendors, you're listening to your businesses, your bar, that's what's going to get you into the space you need to be in. You yep. need to listen to what's going on around you, but also not keep in, you know, sacrifice your integrity, what you're doing, of course, your of business, course. It's your, a balance. your mission statement, your model. Right. It's a balance, but that's the important part. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. It's all a balance. Yeah. Right. Speaking on all that, let's talk about trials and tribulation, right? We're talking about the sunshine oh and rainbows I have and we haven't really talked on the darker side. So like you're, and we can't be like, you know, we're not, we're not going to shit on everybody, but we'll share. Yeah. What, what's like the, oh no, no's and like some of the things you've learned on. So, oh God, I'm so glad you brought this up. This is like one of the most ridiculous stories. So almost a year ago when we were doing our first production run in Saratoga Springs, we were producing all of our cans, all of our drinks ready for the summer. It was like a timed effort. So I got my liquor license. We were going to have the production run. The cans were going to get delivered. We were going to have cans in ju- for July. It was, just, it was just timing was like to the T. So we get to the production run and I am looking at the cans and I look at the cans and I'm like, these aren't the right cans. And they were like, what do you mean these aren't the right cans? I'm like, this was our V1 label, not our V2 label. And these aren't the the wrong shit. Labels are not printed correctly. And not only had half the product already been filled in the can, but if we didn't continue filling the cans, then all of the ingredient costs would have gone to waste because we use real fruit juice. So it goes bad after 10 days if it's not used in the formula. So it would have been a oh. huge loss. So what we decided to do was like continue with the run, but we would never sell these products. So what we ended up doing is a week later, my partner Rob and I, who truly shout out to Rob, he is the Tom Brady of operations, finance, supply chain. He is my right hand in everything that I do and he's a godsend. But what we did was right, we, did, we did two things. One, we drove back up to Saratoga the following week, and we took razor blades and took off the labels of all the cans and re-ran them with stickers of the right labels. Because when we were doing color proofs for the labels to get the color right, the, the printer printed the wrong labels on the cans, and they're like shrunk wrap. So it's not like a sticker that you can re-sticker over. We right. re-stickered over some labels right. so that they would be compliant. It's a one-and-done system here. And then we had to ship all the other product. We had to find a co-packer or can supplier in like Albany to ship hundreds of cans, all these pallets of product to a co-packer that would individually take the labels off and then re-label them with the correct labels. But you have to be really careful because with the labels, heat supplied to them. So we wanted to make sure that the heat then didn't affect the formula. So that's also part of the reason we delayed so much. But I basically went to Saratoga Springs at 3 in the morning on a Sunday and was individually taking the labels off and relabeling cans on the supply chain. The co-packer was like, I've never seen a client do this. And I was like, and I have never had greater appreciation for people that work at co-manufacturing <laughs> facilities. Right. I was standing on like a crate because I'm so short, so I couldn't even hit it. Like, it was just so chaotic. And so I personally resleeved all of our cans so that they would be compliant and we would be by the book and everything would be appropriate and ready to go. But that was brutal. That was really brutal. Um, it's those moments where you're like, why am I doing this? Oh, yeah, for sure. And yeah. carrying pal, like, it's just, it's when I'm carrying cases to people, like, I swear it's a workout. I'm like, oh, I didn't get my steps in today, but I moved <laughs> 80 cases. Yeah, so. just for the record, guys, <laughs> she came in with a entire case of talk house encore and i was like hey do you want me to help you carry that down the stairs she has her hands full and she's like no 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 i do this all the time i'm like oh yeah. okay 
the other, last week I had a tasting at Sac Harbor Bar Liquor Store and I was like carrying three cases, yeah, three cases and a sign and I was wearing like high-heeled clogs and I was like, okay, first of all, you're going to be on your feet for three hours. Why are you wearing high-heeled clogs? But two, <laughs> you look like a crazy person. And I had so many people stop me being like, do you want to help me? And it was easier to say no than yes. So yeah. I just suffered through it. Yeah. But um, mm. yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of learnings. But for that, now <clears throat> I know triple check the proofs a hundred times over. And even if you sign off on the right proofs, make sure that they send you a photo of the cans being done before they ship them for a production run. So mm. there's just so many little like, things you wish operating you procedures that are now in place and thank God we learned them then because we can't afford to make those risks as we grow. And what was your partner's background? Um, he works in food and Bev for the past 10 years. Oh, okay. He so just, he's in that space. He's a consultant. Anyway. Right. Yeah. So he's a consultant. So yeah. he's really a consultant and he's just been a um, phenomenal resource in helping us figure out how to get this all started yeah and and like i said it all starts with the seedling of an idea then, yep. you, then you grow it to okay consumer market research okay what are we doing and what was that i mean you did a little r i mean you obviously did r d for this yeah so how did that kind of show up the business side like did you really kind of go out there and do r d for yourself and go to bars and do canned cocktails and yeah we what, tasted we tasted many a cocktails but it was also during the pandemic so Everything was to go. So it was kind of in that funny moment where everything was there. Yep. And we went to the liquor store and bought a lot of what was on the market. But to be honest, our formulas were really just created based on what we wanted. I didn't compare it to anything else. So when we were taste testing, we weren't taste testing. It's also on the shelf space. We just made what we wanted to make the best version of a grapefruit tequila soda I've had many in my life. I don't need to compare it to something. Yeah. So we worked with a formulator and um, Nick, myself, and my brother, and my mom kind of did all the taste testing, and we would have a few friends come in towards the end, but we went through many iterations to get it right. Um, I tasted one of the original cans, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The it was, and it was delicious. Even, like, the test can was yeah. really good. I, yeah. The yeah. vodkas are 100 calories. The tequilas are 110 calories, only because we weren't getting the tequila right, and so I was like, 10 calories is nothing when it tastes good. So, it's nothing. Um, yeah. So Can I tell you, even as a person that's like conscious about like yeah. stuff like that, I don't need, I couldn't like a hundred to 120 is yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, exactly. Whatever. So we were like, how do we balance this trend of like people wanting this more health conscious, less sugar with premium. And I think we yeah. landed in a nice place, but most other, most of our competitors either go highly premium, which means high sugar, high, yeah. high carbs, high calories, or they go extremely uh, health conscious and it's, terrible it's gums and dyes yeah. and all this other <laughs> exactly. crap that's not supposed to be in your cocktail exactly your cocktail. exactly and and that's and and what is the shelf life on these like if i wanted to year. store like it's a year so if mm -hmm. i bought it in a store and it sits in my house in my cabinet for a year it's good for a year yes <laughs> famous last words but yes we, we have a year um we're actually running tests right now so basically our okay. formula yeah. was formulated with a year shelf life. I don't want to make that claim just yet because no, no. it yeah, I understand. only because we haven't <clears throat> had a year of our cans. So they're they're created under the assumption they have a year yeah. shelf life, but Makes I sense. will know in this June if that's right. held true right. because yeah, it hasn't still, been around a yeah, year. It's still so, not a year yet. Yeah. Uh, it's a it, they're intended to be a year. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, but it's real fruit juice. So it's we really found this nice balance of chemicals working together so it's fresh but also lasts a long time. Yeah. But hopefully it's never sitting on anyone's shelf for a year. No, it won't. And, and I didn't mean to say it like no, that. No. It's like, hey, sometimes you find those like cans of something in your house where you're like, oh, wow, I still have these? Well, you know, you I had hyped up. A, like, few huh? a few restaurants that close in the winter. They picked us up. And then when that thing of the season, they're like, what should we do with these? And I'm like, they should be fine by next April. And they are. So Right, yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, 
I drink them all the time everywhere. So uh, yeah. I'm a pretty good barometer of if they're tasting good. If you need a quality control specialist, I'm out there all the time. So Perfect. My can first always, hire. <laughs> can always let you know when they're tasting bad. I'll, if I ever drink one from somewhere and they're bad, I'll know because I know what they, exactly what they're I supposed to taste yeah, like. Max is, Max is totally on the nose. Our, our first co-packer, our carbonation level was supposed to be like a certain level. And um, it went a little higher. And so for our next production run, it was actually at the right amount. And Max, like, he has such a nose. He was like, why is this carbonation different? Like, and then it opened <laughs> up this can of worms, which we hadn't even noticed. And then we uh, figured out sorry. a whole other issue. But basically Max is like yeah. just so on the nose with flavor and carbonation levels. It's crazy. He's it's such the, a it's brain. Like, it's back to that. It's the support. Yep. You said, like you said, it's, you can't do this alone. And, yep. and as much drive and power and hustle you have. Oh, absolutely. It takes a village. Right. It takes a village. And I think that's literally the point of what we're saying here in this yeah. whole drink is that it takes a village. Guys, yeah. it's going to take help to get Encore off the ground globally, just like it's going to take help to get this podcast off the ground globally. So do your part and drink a lot of fucking Encore this summer. Don't be a herb. Go and out listen, there. Listen, uh, highly educated every time you're in the car, every time you're on the beach, everywhere you are that you can. Yes. Yes. And I and, and I, I think there's going to be a lot more collaboration with us in the future. So attention all those who love the Stephen Talkhouse. All summer long, you can get free tickets to either Tuesday's Industry Nights or Sunday's Reggae Nights all simply by going to stephentalkhouse.com and using the code HIGHLYTALKHOUSE in the coupon box at checkout. All you need to do is add those specific nights to your cart, enter a quantity, type in the code, hit checkout, and bam, you're done. Bring your ticket to the door, and you're in. A little local love for you guys from Highly Educated and Encore. Cheers. If you have something that you want to collab with or get involved with, let's get together. Yeah, Ruby Ruby is open to collaborations and cool events and fun yep. things. If you got something going on, she's here to listen and to Let's make hear some magic. Idea. Yeah. I think that's smart too cuz the more people you collab with, music festivals, local things, events, things like that, I mean, it's more the merrier, you know. For sure. You're for sure. Bringing the product around, getting the ears and eyes around it. Liquid to lips, cans and hands. That's what it is. Cans Is that what the saying is in that world? Cans yeah. and hands. Liquid to lips, cans and hands. Uh, there's so much of that world I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a canned beverage expert. Yeah. But I say a lot of things that now people are like, what does that mean? Like even RTD, I'm like, oh, sorry, ready to drink. Or on-premise, off-premise. They're like, what? I'm like, okay, so on-premise is a bar and restaurant. Off-premise is a liquor store. It's like such jargon that I've just inherently added You're a nerd to my, now. Yeah, yeah. You're just a nerd. You're a beverage nerd. I've always been a nerd. It's just now it's a beverage nerd. <laughs> now it's a specified nerd <laughs> yeah. of some sort. Yeah. Now it's That's categorized. Isn't that how it works though? That's how it yeah. happens. Once you're like thirty, you just pick something, and and, and, you, and now you're that. Now you're now you're in that identity. And I like that there. you kept me to the beverage category and not just the alcohol because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, kept it nice. Okay. It's a little more general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll save that for Peter. Oh yeah. <laughs> Segwaying out to talk about what events this summer. Like, do you guys have things that are already planned this summer? Do you have things already on the shelf for what you want to do for like events and things like that or collaborations? Yeah, so we're working out a few things right now. We'll have our, you know, SiriusX Radio is a great partner, so they'll probably do something at the Talk House again. We, uh, Main Beach does these great music programming on Tuesday nights, which Nix has been a huge part of kind of spearheading, and so we're hoping to find a way to integrate Encore, but um, we'll see. And then, obviously, our always-on programming at the Talk House, and then we're talking to a few different venues about potentially having half-hour sunset music experiences, so we'll definitely keep you guys posted as that starts to evolve but it's primarily within the montauk bridgehampton of course amagansett and into the greater new york city area where we're, we're looking to kind of pop up and 
my my dream is just to always have Hello Brooklyn be a part of that because it to me yeah, that's yeah. the heart and soul of of the Talk House. Hello I've Brooklyn. Been seeing them for ten years and I love them. They're I, I I'm their number one groupie. They know that, they're but the um, they are the best. So. Just you know, had them on the pod. I Everybody know, knows love they're them. legends. They are legends. So either <clears throat> having them um, or other local talent or uh, DJs, music, musicians alike. So definitely want to make sure music is at the forefront of all the programming we have um, on the calendar. But yeah. aside from that, we are donating a lot of product to a lot of local nonprofit causes this summer. So if you're out and about, I'm sure you'll see our drinks there. Um, yeah. And you guys are always tied in with the soldier ride too, everything as well. I'm sure you're gonna do something with that this year too. Yep. Yeah. It's a it's it's such a cool thing that you guys are doing and I'm just so stoked for you guys and it's obviously gonna be such a successful thing. I mean people people I love the that. taste of it. It's easily marketable to people in terms of, you know, what the story is and how important the talk house has been. And now it's just about getting the word out there. It's literally just you have this golden goose egg and you just need to Share it with more people. people. More people just need to get their hands on it. And once they do, it'll just snowball into this successful, like, blossoming thing. And it's going to feel great. And I appreciate that. but and, and that's completely accurate. But I think, for me, that golden egg can be so many things, which is what it's so exciting. Is It could be global. Yeah. It could be national. Right. It could be New York State. It could be the Hamptons. Or it could be I the think, hottest thing in the Hamptons. Right? It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't right. matter. I think the potential for success has so many different has so many different ranges and for me just even having this product being made is successful to me and so just having that perspective with of, of what success could look like and should look like is 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 ever evolving how, how weird is the self-reflection oh it's crazy is it weird it's so, it's so weird, crazy right? you like wake up and you're like i made this i know this it's is so like crazy. i'm drinking like i'm this is a thing i can go in like a store and buy this and like i made like this is i made this like it's like my babies it's like truly like my children it's how does so it make crazy. you feel though when you crush this can for advertising you're crushing your baby <laughs> what are you doing that's going a little far <laughs> i don't have an appropriate response so for that one Ru ruby has became obsessed with crushing these cans and i yeah. for good reason because they make really cool art like but it also shows that a good time was had you know that's most true. brands like about the pristineness of it most it's, brands a little rough like, around the edges exactly most brands elevate their product with stars and glitter and glam and retouching and it's like we're grunge we've had a good time and i want to show a good time was had i'm not trying to make you think you have to have a certain time most brands have this like highly curated aesthetic and we're just like totally what you're going to see in your feed and also like like there might be a dirty matchbook or like dirty napkin or dirty lime next to our drink because that's the reality of the situation and i love that and that really is breaking the mold. And was that something you thought of, or was that something like creative consultants kind of helped no, you out? No, no, that was bit? totally us. That That's totally genius us. because that really is showing a different sense of the alcohol industry. Like you said, it's always so pristine, or it's always this perfect thing. It's, it's like not. no, it should be like that can's crushed up and that lime's all used up and that napkin's dirty from some idiot that just wiped his sweat all over it. And now, but that was fun before. <laughs> right, and it was all an amazing time. Like you remember all these moments. It was an amazing, you know. It's. But it's I think it goes it. back to like. I think my brother mentioned this on the podcast and it's one of my fondest memories, not fondest, but memories of growing up is that like our, most of our parents, or most of our friends' parents all had like jobs that you, you could articulate what they did. And my brother and I would go to a dirty old house went to see our dad and <laughs> we would see napkins and cups and beers everywhere and we didn't understand what it was. And we were like, okay, this is disgusting until we were 21 and we got to see like the magic and the the party that drives the talk house. So it is that contrast of like party to uh, 
the the the, cle- the next day cleanup and i think it's important to show our drinks in all that context that's it's that's such a funny yeah, it, yeah. That's we are so, always like what does dad do there's empty beer cans everywhere the toilets clogged like what is this place yeah and then obviously max turned 21 before me so he got to live it a little longer but once i turned 21 i was like oh this is awesome (laughs) yeah oh well i can come in and now you have a cocktail to to enjoy exactly exactly and i'm sure once it catches on in the local community which it already has now but once it really once you find that where you're like really the hottest thing in every store and everybody wants to buy it all the time which i could see this easily becoming it's just you know that's when you can sit back in your own little beach chair and be like, this is, this is nice, but yeah. then what's the next thing? Okay. Yeah. Now it's the next thing. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of you this. You want to constantly that be building. Your business is always going to constantly change and evolve and adapt. And, and this whole thing is building consistency. That's what the talk house has done for 30 years. It's changed and adapted. And, and yep. e- even if you walk in there, Oh, it looks like there's the same people. There's the same everything. It's like, no, it still adapts. The crowd still changes Yeah. like a wave, you know, yep. they come in and they come out. There's, it was this style in the 90s. It's this style in the 2000s, this style in 2010s, this style in 2020. It's, yep. It comes in waves. And then the next generation comes in and, and does the same thing, changes it up. It's, yeah, you know. I mean, my biggest hope from all of this is that it just kind of inspires the next generation to get their hands involved in whatever they're passionate about. I also think there's just so much opportunity to learn, evolve, be inspired by, and kind of the next generation, even just being like a female in this space is really difficult it's a very male-dominated category, so even just showing that a woman can own her own drink company is something that's really important to me to break that mold. I don't want the next generation to think, oh, I'm a woman. I, It's different. I want it to all kind of be a lot more fluid, and I want the insight of starting a business to feel just more accessible in addition to anything else. A hundred percent. I think that's fairly well said. And I was going to ask you about that, too, and it must feel a little slightly weird in that space where you're – I mean, it's probably a male-dominated industry. Oh, I would say the liquor, so the liquor male. sales industry is probably such a male-dominated industry. So, how what what is that like to be the only kind of woman? Not the only woman, yeah, obviously, no, but, I mean, but a, a woman in that space in this environment. Yeah, it's definitely an obligation. I am. It's at the forefront, and I'm definitely mindful all the time. I sometimes you'll see brands that want to engage in conversation because you are a woman, but it feels like a Girl Scout badge for them. So you also right. have to They're be just mind- trying to fulfill a requirement. Right. So you have to be mindful of like what's genuine and what's going to be the long-term relationship. I just never want it to be a clickbait. It has to be a, an authentic conversation or, or have purpose. So it is definitely hard. Sometimes I'm like seen as this young girl who's just trying to do something or her dad owns a bar. So she's starting this, but none of that's None of that's a part of the narrative. It's I've right. really hustled and worked my ass off, and my family's worked their asses off to create what the talk house is today. It was not easy, so you don't always see the other side of it, and so you only – I try to only engage in conversation with people that want to hear the story because – people that just kind of pat your head like that's not what this is right you're and, and that's the whole point of this is too is that people can hustle create their own little version of uh, totally. happiness and, totally. they, and they can do it while drinking an encore i agree it's i agree i love it i love it well ruby it's been such a pleasure to have you on here and to get you to talk about encore and talk house and just you in general as a person because obviously you're an inspiring person and you're doing this all and it's incredible and i think it's really going to take off just needs the right uh, lips, like you said. It needs the right lips to be drinking it, and it needs the right ears to be listening. Just needs more lips. <laughs> needs more lips. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ryan. It's like that Will Farrell. Once it hits your lips from, from old school, it's 
the perfect. You need to steal that somehow and get some kind of copyright. Just a bunch that. of stickers. Once it hits your lips. Yeah, once encore. it hits your lips. Yeah. Get, and get Chad Smith to pretend to be Will Farrell, and you'll be perfect. I think there you already did that on SNL. It's fine. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming no, on and, and talking it. about the community and talking about all this stuff. And we're going to have good stuff for the people this summer. So stay tuned for that. And Absolutely. And thanks episode. for everything you're doing to help share the stories and bring us all together because I think it's important that we continue to connect on and offline. Absolutely. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. Ruby, thank you. Thank it's been you. a pleasure. Thank yeah. you.